Thank you. Oh, you guys are fantastic. That's going to feel a lot better. That's neat. That's neat. Oh, I'm not looking over there either, by the way. So, uh, so that's all right. Now, listen, I want, you to, I want you to see how you go with this concept. Because when I just said that, you all had a thought about what you're going to do. I just want you to see, we're all servants of the Lord, correct? Until yeah. someone treats me like a servant. If you cannot do what a man asks, you will never do what God wants. I promise you that much. That's for sure. So um, that's good now. Now we can have church. It's good fun. I like that. I like, what's your name? Jeff. We've met before, Jeff. Hey? Yeah. You're a good man. I like you. Good spirit, man. I love it. He's a good fellow, that Jeff. That's for sure. Kate and the team, good job. Great worship all day. So that's neat. That's good. I hope you do that often. Um, I hope after service, you, you probably do, you go up and tell the guys and the girls they, they drum well or they, they played guitar well or, or whatever, that's for sure, because they do a great job. You know, they, every week they're here, a good hour and a half, a couple of hours before, we all just rock in, you know, we're just still trying to find a shirt in the cupboard, they've already been here a couple of hours, and, um, and I do, I respect that, that's fantastic. I pastor a church, so uh, I know how it all works week by week, and um, that's cool. Uh, if you didn't meet me this morning... Um, G'day, Nick. Fantastic. Okay, you've, you've found the girl you want to sit beside? <laughs> Is that your sister? No. Okay, you've got a couple of sisters, haven't you? Okay, you, what's... Excuse me? Okay, that'd be better. Yeah. Good upbringing wouldn't go astray here, Mum. Wow. Not bad. No, I got the... It was a mixed message there. I got that. I got, I got the subliminal. Excellent. Neat. All right, uh, all right. What a good-looking bunch of people you are. This is this is Gladstone. Fantastic. What a great name for a city. I preached in a city in um, England once called Haven't. I said to one guy, "You ever thought of changing it like to have?" He said, "Oh, good one." My dad, um, my dad died in a uh, earlier in the year but he lived in a town I'm trying to think of the name of the town oh, it's escaped me right now um, it's near Blackbutt but it's um it's the tiniest town you've ever seen in your life it's like but but um, he lived in a, a six meter by six meter garage my dad that's neat not because he had to he just my, my dad taught me he never held on to things tightly you know, he just um, allowed everyone to be a, a part of what he was doing. It's pretty cool. It's good. All right, so good job this isn't called Sadstone. It's Gladstone. Yeah. I mean, wow, what a winner of a town. Yeah. And your McDonald's is awesome. <laughs> I went there today um, for a coffee because the coffee club was shut. And um, when I'm glad because the coffee at the coffee club is reasonably ordinary. I think if you've got coffee in the name of your shop, at least you should be good at it. So, uh, so I think going to a hamburger shop that does good coffee is pretty good. All right, all right, we better go for it. We haven't got long um, here tonight, uh, and we're going out for. Are we going out for dinner? Yeah. Okay, let's be quick then. <laughs> Where are we going? Others might want to come. All right, neat. We're going to Pastor James's house. All right, for baked beans on toast. All right, how you doing? Um, he's just arrived. That half the church got raptured. We've been left behind. <laughs> We're just talking about what we're going to do. We're going to live in a commune because they've all gone. <laughs> all righty. 
Put your hand up if you're old enough to know about the rapture preaching. Put your hand if you ever came home and your mother wasn't there and you got really... <laughs> Absolutely. The old Christian horror movies, do you remember them? A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. <laughs> oh, wow. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and there's no second chance for you. That's the title of my message. No second chance. I don't want to shock you tonight, but I, want to, I hope to tell you that God is not here to offer you a second chance. Now, Pastor James has known me 35 to 40 years, so I told him what I was preaching and asked him, he said, you do have the option to sack me before I share this. He's chosen not to. He said, I've known you a long time. I think you're going to bring it around. So trust me, don't leave right now because um, I hope to show you biblically that what I'm saying is in fact correct theologically. Um, and you need to get this so you can live the abundant life that Jesus died to give you. He said, it's the thief who comes to kill, steal and destroy. He said, but I have come, John 10, 10, that I could, so that you can have life and have life more abundantly. Let me tell you a story. I'm a motorbike rider and uh, I've got a car. I've got an XR8 ute. And uh, this last year, I've done 3,000 kilometres in my car and I've done about 15,000 kilometres on uh, one of about seven motorbikes I have. So we shared around. Uh, I've, someone said to me, do you have a Harley? I said, no, I don't. I have two. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I got uh, two soft-tailed deuces and uh, one lives here, one lives in Virginia Beach in America. Um, I go there a little bit, so it pay a grand to hire one for a week. you only got to do that five times and you've bought one, so I bought one. And lives at a, a friend's house. I've got a Goldwing, um, I've got a Suzuki 750, I've got a Yamaha 1000, I've got a Honda 250, I've got a Kawasaki 650 and a Honda 600 around the back of the shed that doesn't work with a couple of old ride-on mowers. <laughs> and I know, look at the ladies, they're saying, what do you need that for? The minute you can make money off selling one of those pairs of shoes you got, come talk to me. Yeah. All right, because you got 50 pairs of them. They're all worth a crumpet um, about a day after you bought them. <laughs> My wife has more value on her finger, ring finger, than I have in the shed. <clears throat> My bikes are... I got two 40-year-old ones, so they're all old. They're not even... All of them together aren't worth one brand new one. I just like old stuff. But... When I was 17 in Queensland, you'll remember this, Pastor James, you used to go to the police station when you turned 17 on the day. You don't wait a year or two like the modern millennial fella. You don't get an automatic car licence. If you were a man here and you got an automatic car licence, please stand up if you're game. <laughs> Let us name and shame you right now. You're in Gladstone. You, this is a big city thing. After congregation, they stand up, they're driving automatics, and dear me, I don't mind you drive one, at least go for your license in a real car. So I went for my license on a Suzuki 750, two stroke. Um, I've got one of them to this very day. It's a great motorcycle, now that's for sure. But I borrowed that off a friend. I had a Yamaha 100. 
with a fully enclosed chain. It was like, um, like probably four horsepower of pumping muscle. <laughs> Unbelievable. But it had a really long seat. So if you sat right on the back, you could wheel stand. And that was cool. And so I had my license about two days. All right. And uh, I'm at the lights. Who knows what red mist means? It's a racing term. It's like, you know, you see car racing drivers do things and think, what were they thinking? It's called the rest red mist. All right. So I'm at the lights and um, I see a car load, probably a Commodore. Um, uh, were they invented back in 19? No, they weren't even invented. So it wouldn't have been a Commodore, probably an FC Holden. All right. And um, it's got, uh, we don't call them chicks anymore, but it was full of chicks. Uh, we don't call them that anymore. They are young ladies, beautiful as they are. But this one was just full of chicks. They all had tattoos and everything. <coughs> Hairy backs. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's my sisters. <laughs> I've got seven sisters. I got it. We, we whip a snip them once a month. It's all good. <laughs> don't ever tell my sisters this. Someone asked me, someone asked me the other day because I chuck off on my sisters, but they said, which one are you talking about? I said, I never say which one. Yeah. And I could name her, but I never do. <laughs> All right, so there, look, there's a carload of girls. You got the picture? I'm 17. You know, I've probably got a sleeveless thing. I've probably got muscles back there. They're scared of heights today. But, um, you know, and I'm there. And the light went green. I slid back to the back of the seat. And up she goes. And I do this big mono, it's called. And um, woo, woo. <laughs> Can you take the lid off that um, water? Because they put, um, hey, don't you smell it. You, it's, it's water to you. Oh, this is good stuff. This is called good preaching juice. Now, <clears throat> the police officer on his motorcycle was not three cars back. He was directly behind me. <laughs> Absolutely right behind me. I didn't see him because I had eyes only for the pretty ladies. And so obviously he pulled me over. Guess what I did? I cried. <laughs> well, I got seven sisters that always worked for them. And I cried. I begged. But listen, no second chance. I lost my licence right there, right then, gone. I, had it, I didn't even have it a week. No second chance. My PA, you will know this lady, her name is Linda Glasbergen, used to be work with our group of churches. Her son, Brett, was in my youth group. Um, there's a school in my town called John Paul College, and um, the kids used to call it's called JPC for short. Um, had, had, it was an acronym, it had a lot of names, like Japanese prison camp, and it had a lot of names which is a throwback to Second World War. Again, very un-PC these days. But the kids uh, had a lot of un-PC names for it. Um, it was very, very strict school. $15,000 uh, a year tuition fees, very strict. You weren't at John Paul College uh, 9 till 3. You were at John Paul College 24-7 if you went there. That was their attitude. Um, one of our children went there. Our last child went there. Because, the well, remember, I said this morning, our last child came five years after the others. So it's when they left, we finally had a dollar. All right? So he, he got to go there. And we lived 500 metres from there, so it was convenient. Um, but my... Uh, Linda was my secretary, and her son went there on a basketball scholarship uh, when she was working for me. 
Somewhere in that, a group of the Year 12 students went over to um, Stradbroke Island. Some of you may know where that is. an island in Moreton Bay. Um, a lot of camping goes on. Some boys went over there and they were smoking a little bit of the marijuana. <laughs> Apparently. And I've never done that. I don't know what it smells like, looks like. I've just avoided that uh, through my upbringing. Um, but some of them were doing that and they got in trouble. So when they got back... Of course, you're not at John Paul College just in school hours. If you're in John Paul College, it's called the community. And so the principal, a man named Cess Munns, he's now passed away, he called all of these boys in one by one. And so he said, you know, hey, were you smoking marijuana? And, um, of course, what was the answer? No. No. All right, get out of here. Were you? No, get out of here. Well, they got to Brett, who's a Christian boy in my youth group. And... um, he said, uh, he, he, he just felt to tell the truth, and he said, no, sir, I wasn't on that occasion. <laughs> and the principal said, have you ever smoked marijuana? And he simply said, yes, sir, I have. And he got expelled on the spot. Wow. No second chance. I rang the principal. Uh, I knew him, but he was unyielding in that. I thought that was unjust, but it didn't matter what I thought. There was just like, bang, gone. Kate, when we're done, um, we, we, we were singing the, the song, which one, uh, the one in the fire. Stand, I, I, think, I really think we could do that. I, I just feel that where we should go tonight, if we're, I'm not going to try and be smart or clever. I just want to deliver something I think Holy Spirit wants you to know. I just think it'd be great to worship the Lord and realise how brilliant he is for just a moment. Um, So if we could do that, because you've been going through a challenge. You know, you're here and, you you know, you might be 60, 70, you might be 15 or 18. You know, maybe in your small orbit it's okay, but there's something in your... You've got an estranged nephew or grandson or, you know, or maybe it's you. You just need God to do something. And I feel God wants to do something. But we just need to learn something first that I think limits what God can do. Now, this one's a little sadder. We had a girl that was attached to our church. Not, not, like, not like what you guys are. Not like a front row type person. You know what I mean? That's not a... No hassle if you're not in the front row. But I think you know what I mean. They're like a, she wasn't a front row type person. But, but you know, we knew her at our church. Was, came to one of our connect groups. And, but on a Sunday morning when we're worshipping the Lord... And I'll be very, very discreet how I say this um, for little ears. But aimlessly walked to a local shopping centre up a number of floors and made an ultimate decision about her life um, with, a, with a rope tied around um, her neck. And, and th- that is a permanent solution to what's mostly a temporary challenge. I know it's difficult when you get into a dark place, but if you, if, if you could know that in at least while you can take it, uh, all right, um, and let that get into your heart, that, that is, a, that is a, a final sort of decision about something that's very temporary. God wants to do you good. Um, so in terms of her life, there was no second chance. And now I want to say this, and I know this is a little bit touchy, so don't, don't leave till we're finished. But we talk about getting a second chance, and, but I don't think God offers them either. And here's the reason. 
just to say, you, so you'll start listening to me. I think God has a trouble with the two words in that phrase. Second and chance. I think there's the problem. I've got three daughters and I'll say to Rebecca, she's 36, just want to say to Beck, hey Beck, you know you're my favourite daughter, don't you? And she says, Dad, you say that to the others too. Then I say to Renee when I'm, you know, having a, uh, you know, still doing date nights or whatever I do, when I got Renee, when I say, hey Renee, you know you're my favourite, eh? She's 33. I said, Dad, you tell everyone that. And then I get with Rachel. She's 30. I said, Rach, you know you're my favourite, don't you? She says, I know. <laughs> she always says that. But I've got five grandkids. Who's second? True? Which one of them is second? My mother has 12 children. Which one of them is second? I probably can't do this quick enough, but I can promise you, I can show you on here um, tonight. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Let me go down here. Billy, Billy, Billy. Mum, that's this morning. Uh, that's the text my mother sent me this morning and she sends me one every single Sunday morning. Every single Sunday morning, my mother sends me a text because I'm her favourite. Now, if there's 11 others, they, are, we, are we looking here? Are we Are looking over there? Excuse me? Hello? Second row? <laughs> are you hearing me? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, I, I'm her favourite. That's my girlfriend. She's 60. Do you like that? That's how, that's how we do worship for the bikies. He's got his hands up. He's in it. He's into it. He's doing it. So I think that I have a problem with the two words in the phrase. And I want you to catch that. You see, the problem with the Pastor James is well, if you're going to get a second chance, is there a third? And it doesn't matter how many there are, there's, it creates something in a mind that it's finite. And even if there's 82, there may not be 83. It, it just absolutely communicates that it will run out. I think God has a problem with that. I want to read a story um, from the Bible and then we'll, we'll go from there. It's in Luke chapter 15. It's a pretty familiar story, but we'll put it on. The, have we got this for the screen, Jeff? Um, it says, now, we're starting in 17, so I've got to bring you to this, this place. It says this, that a man had two sons. And one of the sons said to the man, I want my inheritance early. And so the, the father gives it to him, and he goes, it says, to a foreign land where he wastes all of his inheritance to where he's got nothing. He then gets a job. He loses all his friends because when the money runs out, that does too. So he gets a job at a farm feeding pigs. Now, we haven't got time for this too much, but he's a Jewish boy and now he's feeding pigs and the Jews never ate. They had nothing to do with pigs. They were an unclean animal. So it's, sort of, it's more illustrating that this guy's at the lowest of the low. And so he starts eating you know, like that third three-day-old bread and, and all the slop that comes to the pig farm. So he's eating that and he has a thought. Um, it says, and here is, when he finally came to his senses, 
He said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. I've just noticed, Jeff, it's on here for me. But... uh, That's too small for me, (laughs) but this is good. (laughs) Uh, Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still... Now, I don't know if you're aware of this. Has anyone ever read this story before? We call it the prodigal son. That's what we call it. But I want want to say this, and I I don't... This isn't a night to show how theologically we can be, Um, but there are three stories in chapter 15 of the book of Luke. The first story is about a lost, does anyone know? Sheep. The second story is about a lost, and the third story is about a lost. Okay. A sheep had little value, a coin had more value, a son had ultimate value, so it's an ascending value story. But it's also a story about the Trinity. It's actually not three stories, it's one story with three chapters. It's about the Trinity. Um... The first story is about the son, um, Christ Jesus, the, who, who is, is the, the lamb, the sinless lamb. And he gives his life for the sheep. The second is a story about the Holy Spirit, where she lights a lamp and brings illumination so that lost things can be found. And the third is the story about the love of God as heavenly father. So it's the Trinity working together. All right, so this is God. So while he was still alive, his father saw him coming. Listen to this. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. Now, I don't know. I've got to illustrate this. I'm wondering who to pick. No, well, let me just tell you about it. All right. How do you stop someone talking? You kiss them. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Must have been while I was kissing you. That's how you stop someone talking. So this boy, look at this. So he ran to him, embraced him, and kissed him. So the son's trying to say, I can't be a son anymore. I can only be a hired servant. And dad just goes, whoompa, like a big suction cup and stops him. Because what that son was doing was saying, I now will have a limited right, like a finite light right. You understand? Like my son has no limits to everything I am and everything I'll have. When I pass on to the next life, my son will get everything that I have. Well, he'll squabble over it with his sisters, but um, <coughs> he's already told me he wants all the motorbikes. <laughs> all right. And, um, but this guy's already decided that I can't have the ultimate. I'm not now the son. I have to have a finite position in the family, like a servant. Like a servant can get sacked, um, fired, suspended, sent home early. Sons can't, that can't happen. It's a bit like a second chance. It's a finite thing. 
And so the father says, he filled with love, ran, kissed him, embraced him. And look at this, verse 20. His son said, um, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. What did the father say back to the son? What's the next sentence say? But the father said, he didn't even talk to the son. He did not answer his son's request for a second chance. The son says, I can't have it all, but if I could just have a little bit. I know the hired servants have got a little bit. The father doesn't even address it. You've got to catch this. Because when you do something wrong, oh God, I wonder if God will give me a second chance. He won't. Because he doesn't know what second is. You are never not his favourite. The Old Testament says, if you touch them, you have touched the apple of my eye. You look up that term, apple of the eye, in a dictionary, and it means the favourite one. And it says one eye. It doesn't say the apple of my eyes. He is one-eyed about you. Yeah, but look what I did. Look what he did. And look what the father says. Bring the finest robe. Put it on him. Get a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son who was dead has now been returned to life. We're only going to let him sleep on the porch, of course. He won't be able to drive the car anymore. There are rules because he blew it. None of that's in there. In fact, it finishes, so the party began. There are five things that happened to him. And I, uh, Pastor James will stand up if, if I'm telling you a lie because we haven't got time to go into the theology of this. Five is the number in, in the Hebrew for grace which is unmerited, unlimited favour. He gave him five things. Here's the first thing he gave him. He said, put a robe on him. That robe, if you do the study of this, and I've done it for you, that if you came to dinner at a man's house like this man, then you would be given, if you were the honoured guest, you'd be given a robe. So when the servants come in with the roast duck and the caviar... They know exactly who to serve first. Now, let me tell you, the Bible talks about first, does not talk about second. We should put God, what second? Give me the verse. None. No second chance. God doesn't have a second. I have a real problem with this because it, it, it puts a, a blocker in our memory. I wonder if I've run out of chances. You know, see, because if, 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 well, all right, maybe there's more than two, but well, okay, when does it end? 14? 26? I want to debunk it totally. God doesn't have finite. So you would have the, the robe on you. So the servants know exactly. Now, does this, does this seem like a hired servant to you? You know, put the robe on the hired servant? I once went to a dinner, I preached for a fellow in Chicago once. And I, look, I'm. I'm a blue-collar boy from Logan. You know, I mean, when you live in Logan, there's only one place in the whole world you can chuck off at, and that's called Ipswich. <laughs> right, that's the only other place. There's Logan, Ipswich, and hell. <laughs> so I'm a blue-collar boy, boilermaker from Logan, and I turn up, and I preach for this guy, and then we go out the back, and it's like this 
it's like this palace thing out the back of his church, a big church in Chicago. And I sit down and I pick up a piece of paper and it says this, it has rules for how the dinner's going to work. And it says the honoured guest will be served first. I thought, oh, gee, wacky do, I know that is. And um, it going on and on. It's really, no one will eat before the honoured guest. The second course will not come out till the honoured guest has finished. I said, this guy must be pretty good. Must have Prince Charles coming or something. You know, no one is allowed to leave until the honoured guest leaves. And boom, boom, boom. And we get to the end. And finally, the penny drops. Who's a pretty boy? <laughs> That's, who's been to America? Okay, if you've been to America, if you order a steak and salad, they bring the salad out first, don't they? And they don't bring the steak out till you finish the salad. Now, in Australia, we get the salad and tip it on the plate with the steak. That's what we do. So I got the salad. They'd bring the salad out and they put it there. And I'm just yabbering to everybody. And after about 25 minutes, um, pastor says, oh, uh, Pastor, are you going to eat that salad? I said, well, I was sort of waiting for the steak. So he goes, oh, garçon, garçon. <laughs> and I realize, I'm holding up the whole shebang. <laughs> once, I got, once I got the feel for this, I thought, I like this. I talked on till 2 a.m. thought none of them can go till I go. They're going to hear every story from the billabong I've ever been told. <laughs> all my dad jokes, they all got to run that night. And they're all there, hoo, 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 falling asleep at the time because they can't go till I go. I'm the honoured guest. I will tell you this much. I didn't feel, well, that boy did not feel finite when he had the honoured robe. But it didn't end there. It says, and put a ring on his finger. I don't know if you understand the ring. Um, I was in, um, I hope I don't sound like a, like a, a lardy day. I was in Zurich once. Uh, where's that? Switzerland, in Zurich. And uh, I arrived back to a place called Edinburgh in Scotland. And when I was going through my bag, because uh, you've got to go to customs, a uh, little tip for the traveller, never ever not know where you're staying. Because they're like, where are you staying? Oh, I just don't know, mate. <laughs> Doesn't work. You've got to have an address. Just put down Hilton Hotel. Look it up on Google. Put it down. It'll work for you. So I you know, look at it and I haven't got... I've left my phone, which these days has all the, all the itinerary and everything, and I've left it in Switzerland. And so I step up to the guy and he said, uh, uh, hello, you know, with a Scottish accent, you want to come in? I said, yeah, I do. And he said, so where are you staying? I said, look, mate, I actually, I've got to just be honest, I don't know. Um, it's all on my phone and I've left my phone in Zurich. And um, he said, well, who's picking you up? Well, you know how it works. I get there, like Nick picked me up tonight, but... I don't remember people, just a bloke's coming to get me. I said, I don't know. Um, I remember Nick, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who the bloke in Scotland. I said, I don't know. There's someone out there. I think they'll be having a placard with Brad Pitt on it, you know, because, you know, I look like him and that'll be me, you know. I see. And I just, I, I'm just looking really sus. He says, well, how do I know? This is true. Can I tell you this is actually true? He said, well, how do I know, he said to me, that you will not overstay your visit and want to stay in Scotland? I said, have you been to Australia? That's what I said to him. He said, no. I said, I didn't think so. He said, why not? He said, well, if you had, you'd have known I wouldn't want to be staying here, mate. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> now, I almost got arrested just on that. But, uh, but then he said this, and this is, this is what customs say. So how do we know you're going to have enough money? 
And so I got in my wallet, which I didn't bring tonight, and I got out um, a gold American Express card. Now I know there's black and platinum, but they cost more money annually, so I don't need that. So I got a gold one. I've had it for years. So I just got my... Now, this guy's about 25 years old, so I'm not even sure he'll get it. But I got the gold American Express card out, and I put it on there and said, that's the guarantee, mate. He said, what's that? I said, that doesn't have a spend limit. Now, I only said that to say that the ring that this boy was given, was it had a family crest on it. So what would typically happen is if you were at the markets and you purchased something, they would have some wet clay and to pay for it, you would press the family crest into the clay and he would put that aside. At the end of the month, the seller, the shop owner, would just simply produce all of those to the family's accountant and the accountant would settle the bill because the family crest was in it. You've got to understand what the father's doing when he gave the boy the ring. He wasn't just trying to make him look good. This boy just took all of his dad's money and now dad just gave him the key to the safe. Can you see that diamond there? Don't look that closely. That's the first diamond I bought my wife for an engagement. Yeah, I was 18 years old. And when I got a new one, big one, the jeweller said, what do you want me to do with that one? I said, put it, I said, I don't know. He said, I'll put it in your ring for $20. So now I had to show people, because young ladies these days um, think they need a brick house right from the get-go. <laughs> now that's where you start, right there. <laughs> that's how it starts. And you just stick with that bloke for 40 years. And that bloke ends up having five houses and lots of motorbikes and lots of stuff. And if he dies, he'll be rich. So I get someone to check my food. <laughs> I do, I have to. All right, so we got the ring. Oh, what else do we put? And, oh, and then the dad said, put shoes on his feet. Is that cool? Yeah. Right, we've got to be quicker. What's the shoes? Now, I've got a pair of Doc Martens at home. I like them. They're, they're high, high ones. Um, but I don't wear them much because they're... Like, you couldn't be a robber and wear them because they're very squeaky. You know, like... Squeak, squeak. Remember Astro Boy? Blip, 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 Astro Boy could never have been a robber. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked for him. Um, who, everyone up here has got a pair of thongs? You can't say that in America. All right. <laughs> but... Uh, so you wear thongs is flip. That's why they're called flip-flops. Flip, 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 flip. So guess what servants did? They didn't wear any shoes. The boy said, make me a servant, which would have come with bare feet. But the father said, put sandals on his feet. He said, no, you are, you are a son of the house. What do, you, what do you do next? The robe, the ring, the Reeboks. What's next? Hey? The ribs? <laughs> Let's stick with the R word. Let's be Danny Guglamucci. So the robe, the ring, the Reeboks, the ribs. The cow. What do you say? The fatted calf we've been fattening for a special occasion. And then he said... Let the party begin. That's the razzmatazz. 
five things this boy got, and it means the grace of God. The grace of God isn't finite. Is that fair? So stop asking God for second chances. He's not giving you a second chance because he doesn't want to put a muscle memory thing in your spirit that this will run out eventually. Lamentations chapter 3 says, his mercies are when? Every seventh day? It's not like your phone plan, friend, that rolls over. It's every morning, every day. It's like a reset. I do not know what you did last Wednesday. I don't know what you're, you're hiding from. I don't know what you're scared will come out. But I'm here to tell you, God says there's mercy for it. And you'll never shock him. He just loves you. Here's the second thing I have a problem. That's the word chance. Because this is what it says. Um, who can quote me Jeremiah 29, 11? Oh, hang on, hang on. What's it say? I think that maybe if you're good, you, you do know it, don't you? If you're not sure, this, this is the verse in the Bible. God speaking says, I know. In fact, I love Pastor James. I love the way this story starts in the New King James. It says, a certain man had two sons. It wasn't a chancy man. It wasn't like a lucky bloke. It says, a certain man had two sons. You are the son or the daughter of a very certain God. He knows the plans he has for you. They are plans for good. They're not maybe plans for good. They are plans for good and not for evil. I just find some people, they play the, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, I'm in God's will. No, I'm not. I crashed my car, must be out of God's will. There's a devil. It is the thief who comes to kill, steal and destroy. Hey, Kate, why don't we... What's your name, Kate? <laughs> but, but no, having said that, Joel, it is like simply a plural term for all the team. <laughs> so I'm happy if all the team come up because I just... All I felt Holy Spirit say was we should worship and just let some things wash out of us. I, I'm not shooting in the dark here. I'm not even asking you to reveal yourself, but there's more than one of you think you're on your last chance with God. And he just wanted me to come here tonight to tell me, no, you're not. Look, legal preachers hate you talking like this. Legalistic preachers say, don't tell them that, they'll sin more. I've never found that to be the case. I've never found people who genuinely run into the love of God willingly take advantage of it. When you know how loving God is, then you'll, you'll, you'll settle into his embrace. And it'll make you easy for him to be able to direct you into his good plan for your life. And I just felt Holy Spirit say that if we would just take a few minutes, that things can wash off our lives that maybe someone said to you or someone did to you. And you'll know, I mean, I don't want to get cute here, but the lyrics is, there is someone in the water. There is someone in the fire. There is someone who loves you. And I wonder if tonight you'd say, hey, whether you're old or whether you're young, I need to come. Maybe, maybe we can have some room here just to worship. 
I don't feel God wants to expose anything um, in you publicly. That's not what he wants. But he just wants you to be able to know uh, he is infinite, not finite. All right. His mercies are new every morning. You are the apple of his eye. You are his favourite. His plans for you are sure. All right. They are certain. He has a good future for you in Jesus' name. Is that okay? I'm done. I'm done. Just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. This word has come to somebody in this building tonight. Like you came here on your own and there's no one else here except you and Jesus Christ came as well to tell you this. That's how you feel about hearing this. Now, I know I'm not Jesus, so I'm not trying to pretend, but you've received it like this is the word of God to your heart. And it's as if no one else is here. This is just for you. And yet that story may be repeated a dozen times or 20 times in this group of people. So I want to encourage you to abandon yourself to his love. You can be confident that God won't brush you aside. I finished with an iPad. I've got a brand new iPad I'm preaching off tonight. A couple of weeks ago, I thought my other one had reached its limit. So I put it aside on my desk and I bought a new one. And um, last week I was at the sound desk in our church and I saw an iPad and I said to them, oh, I had one like that. And they said, this is it. I said, oh, it was no good. And uh, it had reached its use by. He said, we pushed factory reset and now it's doing everything brilliantly. See, I thought it was finite, but you're not an iPad. Someone greater than me got a hold of that iPad and realized it had a lot more potential. So I don't know who said you're finished. Maybe it was you, maybe it was the devil, maybe it was a relative, I don't know. But I will tell you, that iPad of mine got in the hands of someone who knew a lot more than me and ascribed value to it that I did not. And now it's doing something at a higher level. Well, you are not an iPad. You are a son and a daughter of God Almighty. Are you ready to sing? Let's, um, Kate, can we pick it up right in the middle there? Just there's someone in the, whatever it is. I don't know this song too good. So 